Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Father, you're so, you're so uh, wise and you're so great. And God, in the midst of you being so wise and great, you're also so kind and you're gentle and you're patient and you're loving and you're good. All these things are true of you. And Lord, would you just meet us here today in a fresh and profound way? God, I just pray that those of us in the room that need a reviving wind, I pray that you would give CPR to the soul today, that you would breathe life. Those of us who are maybe not concerned with where you are, we're just running our own direction, I pray that you would maybe holler the name to come back this way to let them know that you've been searching for them. Not to hurt them or wound them, but to help them actually experience the greater life. That's because you're so good. You know the way. Father, meet us right where we are. Speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we talked about uh, uh, payback. And uh, we talked about the idea last week that our world really lives in this idea of payback. We have two seats that we love to sit in. I love to get paid. I love for people to owe me. And I love, no, I don't love when I feel like I owe somebody else. Every single one of us has sat in one of these seats, right? Somebody's done you dirty. You've probably done something you regret. And these seats eventually feel like hell on earth, to be honest with you. Sometimes I like to feel like people owe me but I like it for a moment. But none of us are wise enough to sit in these two seats. The Bible talks about how God is the great judge. He's the one who's wise enough to judge. So leave room for God to judge. And we talked about the reality that Jesus actually invites us to stand up out of these chairs because he paid the ultimate debt that you and I owe, which is what I read out of Colossians 4. When we receive this beautiful, amazing truth, it's the power of God that sets us free, allows us to stand up out of these chairs, release the debts that we think we owe and that we think others owe us. We can stand in freedom, holy and blameless before God. And if I don't owe God a thing and I stand before him set apart with a purpose, why do I gotta worry about what's here? Well, I'm set free. I'm way beyond this stuff. And I can now be set apart for a purpose. We talked about truths that we wrote down on cards and we kept that with ourselves and we read those over and I pray that that was a blessing to you, but we found those out of the book of Isaiah. And here was what we, what we uh, the truths that were spoken out of the word. Weapons might be formed, but they can't win against me. No more weapon can defeat me. The cross defeated sin and death. There is nothing greater than Jesus and reconciliation was paid for you and me. So no more weapons can be formed against you and win. The second thing we talked about was judgment belongs to Jesus. I'm really thankful that Jesus is a good God. The third thing we talked about is righteousness is a gift. And the fourth thing is, this is my heritage. This is what you were actually meant to inherit. And how many of us have worked for our inheritance? Anybody worked for an inheritance? No, it's a gift that your dad worked for, or people before you worked for. 
In the same way, these truths are yours to receive over your life as you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is the truth that can set us free. God provided the ultimate payback and invites everyone to receive this payment. What is our payment? Jesus. He was our payment. This was what paid the price for you and I to stand up. But I went to the store the other day, and I'm just going to tell you, this is like who I am, man. And I, maybe some of you all resonate with this. But I get out at the pump, and I think it was because I've been on fall break in a one-bedroom apartment with all six of my family members, my four kids and my wife, you know. And um, I get out at the pump, and I'm needing to get gas, and I'm sticking my card in, and it's saying, like, decline, decline, decline. And I'm like, I know I got money. I know I'm not broke I know it, but it's like, you know, when it gets finally, it's like, go see the attendant. And you walk in and you go into the attendant. And I walk up to the attendant and I'm like, it's not taking my card. He's like, well, let me see your card. And I give him my card. And he goes, he goes sir, this isn't, a, this isn't a card. Like, this is like your value card. Like, I was, I was like, man, that's, that's embarrassing. Like, you didn't just catch it like after three times. Like, you went inside, you handed the guy your value card. And he's like, hey, man, you good? I'm like, I'm good. I think I'm good. But this is the truth is a lot of us want to pay with a different thing that doesn't actually pay, you know? Then I, I would love to pay with something other than Jesus, but like there's nothing else that pays good enough. It doesn't pay the bill. And the truth of the scripture helps us understand that the bill was paid. Jesus is our only payment. And if you try to pull something else out to pay for it, it won't pay the bill. So Jesus talks about this message that we're speaking about. And we're gonna talk about this out of Matthew 13 today because he talks about four different types of people who will receive this message and some will not. Some are gonna receive the payment, some are gonna decide not to. That's the reality. And I wanna dive into this in Matthew 13 with you. And this is what he says as he starts off, he says in verse 12, the one who has receive this payment. More is going to be given to him. He's going to have an abundance. But from the one who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. Then Jesus speaks about these four different types of people who are going to hear the message of the kingdom, the King Jesus and his kingdom. And what happens? He talks about this story about a sower, somebody who plants different plants, I guess. As I was studying this, I thought, man, like how funny is it to talk about farming? Any farmers in the room? One, come on now. <laughs> you can teach this better than I can because it's so far removed from us. We read a story like this and it's hard to really connect with us because we're like, what does this even mean? To farm, to plant stuff? But he talks about this sower who goes out and basically is throwing some seed. And he talks about what happens when this guy is throwing seed. It's going on different types of soil. And on the first, first thing he talks about, he says, this guy's throwing seed. It goes on this path. And along the path, it has no way to dig roots. So what comes is these giant birds come down and they eat all the seed up. Nothing happens. The second type of soil that he talks about is the rocky soil. And on the rocky soil, if you throw seed down on rocks, 
the, the roots can grow up for a moment, but they're kind of exposed. So the sun comes down and the, and the rain shows up and it sprouts up in an instant. But when hard times come and the sun stays beating, it begins to wither and die. It talks about the next group of soil and it fell among thorns. And so when these beautiful little plantlets start growing up, the thorns begin to cover and choke them out until they die and the thorns take over the land. He talked about the last soil and he said, this was good soil. And this soil, when the seed fell on the good soil, it sprouted up into something very strong and powerful and began to produce a crop 160 and 30 times what it was. It grows exponentially. I want to be that healthy, exponentially growing soil, don't you? I believe if you're sitting in this room today, I believe that you want to grow. I believe that you want to be who Jesus called you to be. I just know that in this day. But as Jesus told this story, his disciples didn't understand what he was saying. And they were like, hey, look, like you're telling these stories that I guess they're kind of fun to listen to, but like we don't really understand what you're saying. So he explains it. This is what I want to read to you today. Starting in verse 18, and then we're going to read, let's see, five verses to 23. And if you don't know this, if you have your Bible app or you got your Bible, the, the Bible's just broken up into different books. And there's 66 books all the way through your, your Bible. The book of Matthew is where we're going to be at. And it's kind of like past halfway, kind of toward the end a little bit. And then the, if you don't know this, I want to explain it to you. Chapter 13, there's just different chapters in each book. And so chapter 13, if you find the book of Matthew, just keep flipping until you see the big number 13. It's bolded. And then after the bold, you look down, there's tiny little numbers, and those are called verses. So when we say chapter and verse, that's what we mean. So Matthew 13, starting at verse 18. If you don't have a Bible, you can type it into Google and it'll pull up. It's great. I read out of the ESV translation. Here we go. You ready? Y'all ready for this? Let's go. I'm pumped. It's going to be good. All right. He says, okay, guys, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart this is what was sown along the path. You remember? So the path, he throws out the, the seed and the birds come and he tells the story. So what he's saying is, he's saying as it's thrown along the path, they don't understand that the evil one comes and snatches it away from what is sown in his heart. This is what's sown on the path. Verse 20. As for what was sown on the rocky soil, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with great joy. Oh, I'm so excited about this Jesus stuff. It's going to be awesome. I love my life group for about five days, you know. Yet he has no root in himself, but he endures for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns... This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness, I like that word, it's very important, the deceitfulness of riches. 
He's not saying because of riches. He's saying the deceitfulness of riches. Riches are not evil, but what can be produced because of riches in our life can really produce a mess. They begin to choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on the good soil, listen to this. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold and sixtyfold and then thirty. Let's look really closely at these really quick. Where it lands first is the path. And listen, if I understand that this building is on fire, I'm going to make some moves. You know what I mean? Nobody in their right mind thinks I don't understand and I don't care. Listen to me. Please listen. Very, very important. None of us sitting here say, I don't understand and I don't give a rip. You know what I mean? I just don't. Jesus is saying, the one who fell on the path, and the best way I can describe it, I believe this is a conference kind of person. I believe this is a conference kind of person. This is the one who shows up and, and you know, you, you sit in church sometimes and you feel that burn of what I gotta do and I've gotta accomplish. You, you ever feel that conviction in your heart and you're like, man, I'm gonna leave and it's gonna be different. And, and, or you sit there and you're like, man, I gotta respond to this message right now. I gotta move. And you get that burn. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've sat there. But what happens when you go, you go, no, I, next week, man, like, <laughs> I'm in a hurry. Next week's gonna be better. I'm gonna show up, it'll be fine. You know, like, I'll be back next week and I'll get it done and it'll be good. And then you leave and you go, well, the burn kind of went away, right? That conviction kind of stopped. I'll just go, show, and it happens again the next week, and you say, well, next week. Or, or maybe another time. Or you go to the conference, you get super hyped, but nothing really changes. But I felt something burn, you know what I mean? <laughs> What he's saying is, I really believe this is the path kind of life. My heart was so hard, I didn't quite understand the building's on fire and I got to do something, so I didn't do anything different. I just sat where I sat. We've all sat there before. But the second one that he talked about, he talked about the rocky soil. And listen to me, listen to me. I believe this is the soil that our culture actually appreciates the most. Yo, anybody like quick results? Come on now. UT should have been good 20 years ago. We done fired five coaches since then, you know what I'm saying? Jonathan, you know, like you don't get grace in charge. You're like, you can be out, you know? No, for real, like we, we appreciate rocky soil. No, it's, a, it's what we would rather have around us because it produces quickly. I want quick results. I want it right now. Come on, Jay, grow the church. Or I ain't showing up anymore. Everything ain't moving as fast as I'm liking it to be. <laughs> I'm gonna roll today, y'all. Come on. Some of y'all have read a company before. You see these CEOs lasting a couple years and they're out. Why? Because man, we want rocky soil, baby. I want to get those results right now. And if we don't have what we want, you're out. 
I believe I see a lot of pastors falling because we would really like rocky soil kind of pastors, and that's what we're getting. Listen, I'm not bashing the church. Please hear me. Please hear me. But when we've allowed seminary to be our validation for our character, we get what we're going to get. And so you have pastors falling because their character behind the scenes isn't what they're preaching. Rocky soil is what our culture loves. But listen to this. What's under the ground matters just as much as what's above the ground. What's under the ground in your life matters just as much as what's above the ground. Because guess what? What's under the ground eventually is coming above the ground. It's coming. It's coming. And what we think we're hiding is not going to stay hidden for long. We've all experienced this. I'm not like, if you're feeling like, whoo, shoo, whoo, me. Like, it's all of us. Y'all get in the picture. We understand, right? Anybody understanding right now? We get it. We're all in the same boat. Come on, Jesus. What are you saying to us? Is your expectation that if you give your faith in Jesus, that this is going to become easy street? And if you think that you give your life to Jesus and there's not going to be challenge, there's not going to be sun that beats down upon you, you're going to be sorely disappointed in what we're going after. Because what the scripture invites us into is to understand that Jesus carried the cross as the sun beat down upon him, but he not once did he be like, you know what, I'm dropping this cross because guess what? This ain't worth it. Y'all are done. <laughs> I've carried this thing far too long. But one of y'all want to carry something? Because, hey, listen, like, Jay ain't ever going to straighten up. You know what I mean? I'm done. He never does. He goes all the way to the end. He endures to the very finish because he got roots. He was connected to his father with a deep kind of love, and he wasn't inspired by what's going on around him because there's something way deeper in his life. You ever get to the point where you say, God, why? Why won't it stop? Hey, listen, like I'm preaching to self right now. I, I feel every bit of this message. I think about this all the time. I've contemplated quitting many times. Like, yo, listen, like this ain't even, it's not even worth it. You know what I mean? That's why as he's speaking this, do I, do I understand? Like, God, I want to continue. I want to understand even more because like it's, it's hard, man. And this gets really challenging. But what's under the ground matters just as much as what's above the ground. And eventually it gets seen. The third thing that he talked about was thorns. And he talked about how the seed was cast on these thorns. They, they grew up around what began to grow. And this is what I found. I don't want to go over time. I, I mean, there is such a profound statement in this. And if you're a Bible scholar, you can go back and check this. But in Micah chapter 7, there's a prophecy given. And basically, Micah says there's no godly people among the world. Nobody's godly. Everybody's turned on their own on, on, against others. They're searching for blood. They've laid nets to capture people and catch them where they're bleeding. You know, like he just gives this crazy prophecy. And honestly, he prophesies about the end of time. 
He prophesies about today. It doesn't sound too different about today. Anybody on Twitter wars? Like, we're looking for blood in the water. Like, throw the net quick, <laughs> you know? So-and-so said something 20 years ago. Like, let's ruin their life, <laughs> you know? I'm so glad people didn't go to my high school, y'all. <laughs> it gets me in the locker room, you know what I mean? Like, a wreck, a mess. We're all in process growing. But Micah talks about this prophecy and says at the end of days, here's what's gonna happen. And he says the most straight up kind of people are like a thorn hedge, like a hedge of thorns. Now, what were the thorns? They were driven by the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. As Jesus speaks this into the crowd, do you know who's standing in the crowd were those who are driven by money and the applause of men? Jesus talked about it often. Pharisees, the most straight up people, the best kind of people were not motivated by the love of God. They were motivated by your applause. And I look really good, but I'm only good because you applaud me. And when you applaud me this way, I'll go this way. And when you applaud me this way, I'll go this way. And so my understanding is based upon what you say and your opinion of me. Pharisees were the thorns, man. And then you know what those kind of people do? When they see somebody begin to sprout up and rise, they go over and they begin to choke it out until it dies. Here's the thorns, man. And some of you are surrounded by people who aren't encouraging life. They're wanting to take over your life and crush you out. And I want to tell you, if you're living for what you can gain for the next 70 years here on earth, you have been deceived by the riches of this world. Because there is something that goes far beyond this place. Hear me tell the truth today. If you are living for the 70 years that you will be here on this earth, there is an eternity that lasts far beyond this place. And if you live to gain what you can get here for 70 years, you'll be disappointed when you leave this place and take none of it with you. If your view is that 10% of your money is set apart for God's work and 90% is just for you to do whatever you wanna do, I'm telling you, you've been deceived by the riches of this world. When Jesus dies and he sets you apart as holy, everything that goes into your hand is now set apart for a purpose. Do you understand this? 100% of what you receive is set apart, not 10%. That's why Jesus encourages, don't, don't be a begrudging giver. Don't give, give from your heart. And I pray that we get transformed in this place by the love of God, and it transforms our life to understand that you've been set apart and everything that comes into your possession is a gift from God. He has entrusted it to you because he trusts you with it. Now let's go advance kingdom with our king. Do you understand the word? Understand. But we have to decide what is true. And what you believe is true is what you understand. And what you understand is being received into your life. And what is being received into your life is going to flow from your life. 
So you are paying back what you've been paid. Some of us need to step into understanding tonight. But the third, the last thing he talked about was the good soil. These are the ones who fully understand. And I did some research on some soil, guys, because I've been trying to build a putting green in my house that has been an epic fail. I won't explain how much money I've spent because my wife is in the back. She would kill me. And I thought I could build a putting green in my house, and it didn't work. I bought, never mind. <laughs> so embarrassing. I thought about bringing a picture, but I, like, I couldn't even take it because it made me so mad. Do you know how hard it is to create good soil? It's so hard. Impossible, actually. <laughs> to remove the rocks. I, would, I mean, I had planted grass, y'all, and this came to life for me because when it died, I was like, why did the grass die? And I started digging and realized that the guy before me had buried bricks underneath where I had planted a grain. Talk about rocky soil, y'all. That thing went up and I was like, I'm a king, bro. I mean, it was like perfect carpet, dead in the summer, instantly dead. I'm like, who throws used bricks in their yard? Idiots. I'm not, I'm, I'm not bitter about it. I'm just, I'm just venting a little bit. Shannon, I won't give you a mic. You'd be, it'd be great. The best kind of soil... It's said as one who is filled with matter that is decaying, that is dying. The best soil is one that is dying. Jesus says, do you want to find life? If you're striving to save your life, you will actually lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you will actually grow and flourish. Sound like a nightmare to anybody in the room? Do you understand? Most of my life, I trusted my understanding what I thought would save my life actually ruined my life. And as Jesus called my name, service after service, I sat in these chairs and my heart burned and I was, I mean, years of being just hard, concrete soil that got swooped up and eaten every week until one day I was like, enough is enough, man. I said, I gotta understand this. I gotta receive this. And as I received it, it was something that transformed. But I realized that I didn't, I couldn't stop with one day. Every single day I decided more and more, I gotta keep receiving. I gotta keep receiving. I gotta keep trusting. I gotta keep understanding. Not what I wanna understand, but what Jesus invited me to understand. And what did he ultimately invite me to understand? Is what we read out of Colossians 4. And how do I become this good soil, y'all? As I've talked about these soils today, have you felt the burn about where you were at one or two or maybe all of them at one point of your life or another? The question I begin to ask myself is, if I saw myself as rocky soil last week, when did I stop becoming rocky soil? You know what I mean? I've been rocky soil, then I've been a path, then I felt like I've been good for a couple of days. I went back to rocky soil. <laughs> Anybody? You know what I mean? How can we possibly pull out all the rocks, get all the thorns out? Like, how could we do this? Jesus said, do you understand? They were farmers, so they really understood. They were like, to create perfect soil? They didn't have modern equipment. Whew. 
And I don't, I don't know a garden without thorns. I don't know a place without rocks. But to create good soil. So guys, do we understand? Here's what Psalm 1 tells us. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of wicked nor stand in the way of sinners. That means do what they do. Nor sit then in the seat of mockers and become thorns that choke everything out around us. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water. And his fruit does not disappear, but continues in and out of season. He produces and produces over and above exponentially. Do you understand? No, because the blessed one, his name is Jesus, and he came and he understood what the father told him to do. And he did it. He accomplished it. And he said, it's finished. I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Romans tells us the law is simply there to reveal how sinful we are, how far off we have been. So Psalm 1, as you meditate on the law and as you read the word, are you convicted? Do you see yourself? And you say, man, I'm further off than I thought when I came in the room and I don't feel so good about my life, right? No, but it doesn't stop there. You see, we don't stay eating from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. I eat from the tree of life. And Jesus entered our world and did it perfectly and became that tree in Psalm chapter one by understanding perfectly what the Father would do and becoming for us our righteousness, becoming for us what we can never do and haven't done. Every one of us stand before God guilty. Would you Stop trying to tend your soil and would you eat from the tree of life? Jesus says, come to me. Eat. Would you come to Jesus today? Do you understand? Would you receive payment today? I pray today that you understand and right where you are, would you do this for me? Let's just have a time of prayer. And I wanna lead you in just a, a three little points. And in this time of prayer, I just wanna encourage you into, this is just the truth that you have access to every single morning. And as you wake up, as we meditate day and night, the first thing, would you, would you just ask, say, Jesus, would you just show me more of me? Help me to see me. Help me to understand me. Show me more of me. How has he spoken to you tonight? How has he shown you, you? And after he shows you, you, you can't stay in the place of eating from the tree of knowledge. We've got to step over and we've got to begin to eat from the next tree. Jesus, show me more of you. What did you do because of me? Help me to understand more of you.
And then as you pray that and as you discern that, I, I encourage you to write these down in the morning. Write them down at night. Have your time with the king and what you meditate upon and what he, what he gives to you isn't just for you. We're gonna give it away and it's gonna create exponential growth for others. But the third thing is you continue, would you make this statement if you mean it? Jesus, you are all I need. Now I encourage you with this. Jesus, you are all we need. Hmm. Did anybody in the room today you can look up here for just a second. Did anybody in the room today, as you say, Jesus, you are all I need. Did anybody hear something say, yeah, but that comes from an understanding. It comes from maybe a belief, but yeah, but can I ask you a question about the yeah, but just, just gently because all of us at times are going to have some yeah, yeah, but man. What do you understand that you need today other than Jesus? What do, you, what do you understand that you need? Can I ask you a couple more questions? Does what you feel like you need help you perfectly? Have you had it before? Have you lost it? Did it give you complete satisfaction? Can it defend you? Let's add this, forever, beyond this 70 years into eternity, can it defend you? Does it, does it love you at all times? Does it forgive you forever? Does that thing depend upon anything else? I pray that these questions begin to lead us to a deep understanding of the reality of forever. And maybe you're on the journey of growing with Jesus. I wanna tell you, you're welcome here. Man, we're, we're fellow people growing together, you know? Like we don't got it all together. But these are questions that I ask myself when I have the yeah, but moments in my mind. And I encourage you, as you walk through those three questions on the daily, Jesus, you're all that we need. I wanna work myself to a place where I am actually honestly speaking that from my being. I encourage you into doing this in an often rhythm in your life and it's gonna help you a lot. Be set free from some of the, some of the thorns that would like to keep you ensnared and choke you out. Jesus, you are all we need. Father, I just pray today that that would be, that would be even a greater reality as we leave this place. God, you are all that we need. Because Lord, at times I'm rocky soil. Sometimes I feel like I'm the path. Sometimes I feel like I'm the thorn. Sometimes I'm in the middle of the thorns. God, all these things are my truth. They're reality for me. And yet, you became the tree and invited me to eat. God, thank you so much. Jesus, help us to understand that you are all that we need.
Would you stand today and will we worship the King? Let's stand up together today and let's sing this song as we close.